and welcome to another episode of Are You Done Yet? The Innovative E podcast about your project management and work challenges. I'm Mike Taylor, and as always, I have with me Brian Quick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Are You Done Yet? What's on tap for today, Mike? We got a big agenda, right? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. We just had a webinar um, last month, just a few, um, a week and a half, two weeks ago. We got another one coming up in partnership with Microsoft. They're going to be joining us on that. That's pretty exciting. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. That's that's kind of cool. We got Super Bowl coming up, so we'll talk a little football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't you take us through the agenda here? All right. So um, we're going to recap the last webinar, which was really focused on uh, using Microsoft Project Desktop with Teams. Um, and how our Teams for PM uh, solution enables that um, was really well attended. I think we had we had about uh, you know 150 people sign up and about uh, 80 people attend, so it was really well attended. Um, we're going to talk about um, the webinar we have coming up on February 22nd, um, which is uh, the five keys to project management nirvana. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Um, and then we're also going to you know since it's you know that time of year and everybody's talking about football um we're going to talk a little bit about um what role people think uh, a project manager might be on a football team yeah, um, and, and kind of discuss that a little bit <laughs> a lot of um, and then we'll go into answer. our uh, customer corner and uh, a little bit of preview of as to what's coming next with capabilities and functionality of teams for pm yeah. so a big agenda today um i don't know if we're going to get through it in 30 minutes we'll see yeah we'll see so the uh, last webinar, I think the genesis for the last webinar, at least part of the genesis for the last webinar, was that we had attended the PMI Global event. We Microsoft yep. hosted a booth and had us be one of the, the partners in the booth. We had a lot of conversations, hundreds of conversations. And it, one of the things that really stood out, you and I talked about afterwards, kind of debriefing about it, is how much desktop, Microsoft Project Desktop, is still out there. There were a lot of conversations. People were kind of confused about all the product sets that Microsoft has in the work and project management so there was a lot of education going on, but there was an awful lot of people who were like, well, I, I'm, I'm still using desktop or I'm using desktop and I'm using maybe a little bit of project for the web or something like that. Yeah. But it was a lot of desktop. So that's, I think, was really where you kind of wanted to take this conversation and it seemed fairly well received about how can you move from like that desktop experience into moving into more of a collaborative cloud-based experience. Yeah, and, and really, um... Project desktop, you know, probably isn't going anywhere for a while. I mean, people are relying on it every day to, you know, do everything from um, build uh, buildings to launch rockets into space. So um, I think it's uh, we're going to we're going to it's going to be with us for a while. And and Microsoft's really focusing on the, you know, the moving to the new products, which is, you know, project for the web and teams. But we want to help people who are using project on the desktop because it's the right tool for the job. Um, we want to help those people be more collaborative. So um, we've got a, a, a solution, whereas, you know, we basically take project for the desktop and move it entirely into Teams. And and I demonstrated that on the webinar. Right. And there's a few steps involved with that. And then there's some licensure and things that go into it. Yeah. But but it can be it definitely can be done and start to modernize. And then, then you can collaborate on a, a larger scale. You can start to bring other people in rather than, you know, creating what a lot of people do today is they they create like a team site or some kind of share or something and then they they generate their schedule they take a like a pdf of it and yeah. they, they share it up there or they use the the uh, the bi center that's within the desktop component which is pretty mm -hmm. cool you can do some cool reports and stuff in there and they they publish yep. those out as as static images and you can start to move into more of a dynamic kind of arrangement like we've talked about for a long time with our, our project online customers 
Yeah, and it, it uses the, the project online service, um, which has been around for a while, but really only as a means of the project to the online service. So that then it becomes available inside of Teams for others to view and even edit. Um, so that's the purpose of the project online service in that particular scenario. Um, and every, Teams is basically doing Teams for PM, our app, um, and teams are doing pretty much everything else in terms of the collaboration and centralization of the data. As a matter of fact, let 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 me let's just show our users real quick, you know, um, how that works. Okay, awesome. So here we are in Microsoft Project, you know, on a desktop. I've got a uh, project called Facilities Upgrades, um, and it's a simple project schedule. But what I have is the capability here of syncing and publishing this project. Uh, there's a publish button and what happens there is it publishes that to project online those of you that have project online or project server are already familiar with this process that's going to publish it to the central database um, available in your microsoft 365 tenant and make that information available and reportable yeah that's awesome from there um i can go on to teams um, and I'm going to open up Teams real quick here in a browser. You can see it's the same same project schedule showing through Teams in uh, in a tab here called Project. Um, basically, in a team channel called Facility Upgrades. So what Teams for PM did is it created the channel automatically through the workflow and governance, um, and then it provisioned the schedule. Um, the schedule was provisioned with Project on a desktop. Um, using the project online service to sync it to the web. And you can use a template of your choosing when it provisions that. Then there's also the project report, which is the automated status report that Teams for PM creates and provisions with Power BI right there in the channel, as well as um, other tabs like for issues, lessons learned, and risks. And they're all basically deployed in a way that's consistent so people can use them to update their project information and then it flows back to the central database for reporting so what you get is a centralized app for all of your projects that you're working on whether or not it's using project desktop or the new project for the web tool um all of your project uh, data and all the work is in one place so and that's huge being able to see everything that that folks are working on and i think there's some there's some plans in on the roadmap to actually put planner in there for for as well right and maybe even ado on the roadmap yeah so you know our dev team um had come up with you know this variable uh scheduling option so depending on the nature of the project you might want to use project desktop or the new project for the web um, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know that, a much simpler tool to use, and uh, it's only available online. Um, and, you know, we've got some feedback from customers and other conversations that we're in. Well, why don't you add Planner to the mix and as an execution type? Because, you know, the whole idea is to span, like, the complexity spectrum. So from really simple projects to very complex. And Planner's part of that. So we wanted to add that to the mix. Right. And Planner comes with your Microsoft 365 subscription. So it mm -hmm. gives you an option to 
even though things like uh, Project for the Web, the licensure is not that much. It, it actually right. gives you an opportunity to get started and you can provide some of that governance and other things that, that our product teams for PM provides. And then also similar to that conversation, folks, you know you can do um, some sprints and uh, some scrum with a project for the web. Actually, you can create your sprints and move them from one sprint to another, you know, in a card-like fashion. Um, but some folks are already using Azure DevOps um, for something similar, and they use it for their like whole dev lifecycle. So it's not just for the boards, and um, they want to be able to to use that as an execution method. Um, right. And and so we're going to be adding that as well. Um, what what how that's going to play out exactly um, is kind of exciting because you know a lot of folks are challenged with the you know I I do some agile work and I do some more traditional project management type of work um, and how do I blend those things together in one place? So we're tackling that and. Right now we've got this portfolio dashboard and it has right now the two execution mechanisms project desktop and project for the web combining that data together in one place for reporting purposes now we're going to be adding the other two so planner and and uh ado as your devops yep. um there's going to be some challenges in that um in creating that full picture of what's going on in the organization because the, the nature of the work is a little bit different um, but we're working on how exactly to reflect that you have to build some assumption in but um but you're right, right. there's a tremendous amount of work going on with the, the blended type of approach because there's a lot of execution that's going on in software development where they you know they've choose, chosen to use ADO um, to do that work and keep all the people in that, but they still need to report on these initiatives at a higher level. And that looks a lot more like traditional project and portfolio management to the executives and the, the stakeholders. You know, when's the beginning, where's the end, who's involved, you know, what's the budget and those kind of things. So that's what we looked at at our last webinar. And if you'd like to um, view the whole video, it's on our website, teams for the number four, pm.com. That's teamsforpm.com. Check it out. We post all our latest webinars there. Yeah, the other thing I want to bring up, and I've been told that we need to do this more, is to promote our YouTube channel. So subscribe, mm. and we'll, we'll we'll remind you a couple more times because you'll get reminders when you're in your when you're in your feed there of new content that we posted, which we post all the time. Yep. Um, so um, next thing we want to talk about, Mike, is kind of the upcoming webinar and what we've got in store for folks there. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, we've come up with this um, over time. We've seen these these trends kind of develop. So um, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, the name of this one is the five keys to project management Nirvana, and it really covers some areas of. Uh, so I, I'll actually read through what they are. There's the in inconsistent and chaotic project and work collaboration, right? So okay. Um, that kind of talks about the, the multiple tools, and there's all those tools out there, and we talk about these all the time. There's four that you just mentioned that are all Microsoft-based. Right. There's dozens of others that are out there. Right. You know, the whateverdayofthweek.com, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these others that are out there. And so you have all this project information, and it can become chaotic. Plus, there's there's you know, spreadsheets, right? <laughs> oh, Excel, yeah. Excel, forget, right? Forget um, Excel. Yeah, and, and, and email and things like that. So... Um, there's in, inconsistent, and part of the thing in that webinar we just did, we actually, you posted uh, a poll that asked what one of the major challenges were, and right. I think about 30%, it was inconsistent and, and chaotic project work collaboration. So, um, you know, yeah. being able to bring people together in the same experience. 
So um, very, very close to that, and I kind of mentioned it, um, chasing different um, information and disconnected tools, varying security siloed data. That's the kind of the evolution of putting things in different places. Um, one of the other things that, that that creates is a brittle reporting um, structure. So what we oh, yeah. have and the third thing is brittle reporting via spreadsheets and ad, ad hoc data structures because it becomes the least common denominator. When you have data in areas where it's hard to connect it, you, you start manually pulling this information or using some some forms of data feeds like ODBC or other things to pull data in. Then you start manually kind of munging it together to try to get what you need to do to have actionable information to make better decisions, to get your stakeholders involved, to de-conflict, you know, if there's a resource or other kinds of uh, our schedule types of conflicts, the, the things that everybody runs into all the time in project management. Right. Um, the fourth piece is the complexity from non-standard automation tools. What we're really getting at mm -hmm. here is what happens when you need to start putting putting some of these pieces to life? A, a great example of this is the intake, right? So right. every organization has kind of their own flavor of how projects get into a portfolio and how you're going to work them. From, right. the, from the the basic ideas to you know and keeping them in, a, in a, a consistent place to how do you approve those how do you then balance those against what's in the portfolio and those kind of things so um so that's right. a there's a the automation component of doing project work management's very um is all over the place for using these different tools they don't all have their own kind of workflow engines and things like that and what we've done is we've standardized in the Microsoft platform on the Power Platform. So it brings a lot of consistency to that. So we'll talk about that. And then the the last piece is kind of time wasted using manual or um, vendor specific data connection. So back to that, you know, chasing the information and trying to get better reporting constructs, what ends up happening is people, if they're not doing it manually using spreadsheets, they're trying to use a, a, you know vendor provided APIs and other things to connect up other line of business applications. Maybe it's an ERP accounting, those kind of things to get to mm -hmm. tie in financial information. And without some consistency there, you're doing it different with every single um, application or, or work point execution tools. Right, you right. right. So there's, there's a lot of value to bringing all that into the the power platform as well because all those connectors are built in and you can start to right. leverage and really the whole idea is you're getting into a centralized kind of data um you know the data verse it's, it's it's a more centralized normalized way to manage project across execution tools so right. um, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about there seems to be a lot of a lot of interest in it like you said um just after a couple of days of opening the registration we've got i think we're approaching 300 registrants already yeah and um and microsoft's going to be there um they're we're excited to have them again and this is one of many right. that we've done that we're doing in, in partnership with them so uh so it's pretty mm -hmm. exciting yeah that's a really good topic um we talk about those things kind of all the time but you know put it together as, as a five steps um i think people are going to really benefit from that um and the Teams for PM product um, solution that we have really does combine that data together into one place um, and allow the different execution paths, like you'd said. Um, and it's built on that power platform, which allows that extensibility. So um, yep. we'll 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 talk about that some more. Good stuff. So that's when February twenty second, I think. Okay. February twenty second. Yep. So check your calendar here. You know the link to register is available. Um, Where's we'll it? We'll, we'll, put we'll it just in right put here. it right here. Okay, link to yeah, register. You don't have to retype it, but it, it's yep. there. Yeah. So um, and to check it out, or just go to uh, teams4pm.com and click on the registration link there, um, and uh, check it out. So we'll hope to see you there. So Mike, um, 
you know, I'm in Jacksonville. We, you know, the Jaguars got pretty far this year. I'm they becoming, did. I'm becoming more of a Jaguars fan team. every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's nice to, you know, it's kind of cool to, to have an underdog, right? So um, a lot of football, a lot of folks talking football. Um, and uh, and we got Super Bowl coming up. We do. Yep. Um, the time when they're going to consume the most guacamole of of any other day in the. <laughs> of the year a little note right super bowl <laughs> that's good um so we were talking about you know kind of just on the phone the other day like if a project manager was on a football team what position would they be yeah that's that's a great question because i think of what a lot of people would probably kind of um kind of kind of go to as a first go-to would be like the quarterback right Right. Of course, they're going to say, well, obviously, the project manager is the quarterback, but I think non-project managers would say that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That, then the thing I, I kind of see a quarterback as being more like the um, maybe the, the stakeholder or one of the, the key executives that are in there who's who really they have the they have the decision ability to kind of change the plays as necessary. And we talked about, um, you know, deconflicting or or changing priorities that they can do that on the fly real time. Um, I think. Then I'll just give you. I think there's one on each side of the ball, right? There's offense and defense, and we talked a little bit about this. But I'll tell you who I think it is, and see if you agree on the offense. I think it's the center. I, oh I yeah, yeah. I think Why do you guy, think that? Well, it's the guy. It's so I, I played football for a while when I was younger, okay. and um, you know, I, I didn't grow fast enough to play. <laughs> I was too small to get into the, you know, <laughs> into the college level. But uh, but I had a lot of fun doing it, and I played line, and I played linebacker, so I, I understood a little bit about how how the line calls and stuff goes. So so the center, the guy at the center that hikes the ball, everybody sees it. If you don't know football, they also typically are, are is the guy who calls any of the blocking assignments. So if they see you know, a linebacker lined up in a slot, they'll call a, an audible on the line of how they're going to change those blocking assignments to try to protect the quarterback or, or, or execute the run play that they want. So they're the one who's having to react real time to what's going on in front of them right, down in right. the, what they call the trenches there and and really help make whatever else is going on, all the, the spectacular stuff you see going on. If the line doesn't perform well and, and those calls aren't made correctly, then then you know the play's not going anywhere. That's when you see a sack or an yeah. interception or some or you know a stuff back in the backfield or something like that. No, I totally agree. I think it's the center. Absolutely. You know, we talk about project managers moving obstacles um, and impediments, right? And you know, what's a better representation of that? But the actual like blocking and tackling that has to happen and the leadership. Two hundred and ninety pound lineman, right? <laughs> Defensive yeah, right. lineman. <laughs> Who wants so, to kill yeah, the quarterback? As a project manager, you feel like you need to be a lineman um protect your protect your your quarterback and i don't know if i'm necessarily like full agreement that the quarterback's the sponsor um i, I think i see more of the quarterback as being like you know how you're on a project team and and there's really maybe one two three people that are actually doing all the work um they might be you know the most knowledgeable about it they might be um, the experts or the architect or um or just the rock star you know, on, on an IT project, just a rock star developer. What you're trying to do is make sure that that person is successful or those people are successful. That's good. Um, and so, so you're the, those guys, the running backs and the receivers, right. the, the skill the, positions. Yeah. The people that yeah. actually move the ball down the field. Like, you know, what, when I was a project manager, I was trying to introduce the concept of critical path to people and um, understand. So they understand like who has the ball, like, 
and literally took a football into the conference room and I said, okay, so who's on the critical path this week? Uh, and I would really just toss the football to that person to say, you know, you know, Bill's on a critical path. He's got mm-hmm. to this and this this task to accomplish this week. Everybody else, make sure that Bill is successful. So let's help him out because if Bill's late, um, then basically, you know, the project's late. So right. I, th- I feel like project manager is like the person hiking the ball to the team, trying to um, move obstacles and impediments and make sure that they can perform at a high level, um, which is kind of like what the center does. Right, exactly. There's one other thing that I think we've touched on before. The center actually is not calling the play itself. They're calling the right. blocking That's assignments, right? Yeah. right? So um, project managers almost always don't have a lot of um, direct line authority over there. It's almost right. always some form of matrix. you got developers, you got engineers, you got people on your staff that are those skill positions. And you don't have the ability to um, you know, really tell them what to do. Um, no. Not not formally like in an HR fashion. You have to influence them. You have to say, hey, this is right. what's best. And and it's kind of the same way with the the line, right? It's like if we're gonna make yeah. this play successful, you better you you right guard pick up that linebacker who's coming in before he kills the quarterback, right? Yeah, so. it's not your offense. It's not your system. It and um you know it's not the center's choice what play to run, right? And what offense to run or where people are gonna be positioned. Um, nor is it. The project manager's project. It's not your project. You're just no, you're assigned the to the project. You're you're the representative on that project. You're where the buck stops with that project. But it's not your project, and it's certainly not your system that you're operating under, right. is it? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So if you flip to the other side of the ball, who do, who do you think it is on the defense? Yeah, that's there's not. You know, this is kind of tough because there's really no offense, defense. You're always doing both. Right. 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 Um, but I, I think as far as, a, you know, the most direct analogy, it would be like um, the defensive back um, position, the, you know, the one that and I'm not like a football mind. So people are probably listening to this and be like, Brian doesn't know the football <laughs> positions. Yeah, so it's probably like, like you say, a DB, usually a linebacker or um, one of the defensive backs or safeties who's in a position yeah. to see what the offense is setting up and and they'll make that defensive adjustment on the, on the fly there, sort of like the center does. So they'll, um, like a safety, and, yeah. When, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was a big bears fan. And, you know, I think about Mike Singletary, you know, in the backfield um, with the eyes, always looking, always seeing what's going on, where he's going to position himself, always watching the whole field um, mm-hmm. and really having like a perspective of looking at everything. And I think that sometimes project managers have to do that. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that that was fun. So who <laughs> do you like? Disagree uh, with us, but <laughs> so fine. Chiefs or Eagles, Mike? Oh boy, that's tough. You know, I would like to see the the Chiefs win, but I've watched the Eagles play a few times, and you know, if they're on their game, it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for for the the Chiefs to pull that off. I think, but you never know. That's why they play the game. That's why they play the game. You know, you know, you look at there's a lot of all the drama with like Mahomes and the. Uh, ankle injury and, and stuff like that um, building up. So we'll see how it turns out. Is I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and I'm excited to eat a lot of guacamole, and, yeah. uh, as you yeah. said. Guacamole and chips. <laughs> All right. So let's take a look at the uh, customer corner. Yeah, so customer corner. This is like a segment where, you know, we talk about something that happened between this episode of Are You Done Yet? And last, where, you know, we don't mention any particular customers by name, of course, um, usually, but um, unless we have um, a case study or something. 
But um, something that happened that was interesting that we thought we might want to share with others in a general way, um, which would be helpful. So right. I think we have something in mind today, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, there's actually one of the customers we're working with. They, uh, We've been doing a lot of their automation and one of their executives went to their customers. So we're supporting this organization who has a bunch of customers, which is very typical of kind of what we do, developing and and building and continuing to support product that that helps their business. Um, and in this case, it's actually outside of the traditional project management space. This is more I would consider work management and workflow uh, to help them support their their customers. So. Uh, a, a challenge was presented, and this customer went to his customers and said, "Look, we can help. I can, with me and our team, being Innovative E, can help solve this problem." Of um, it was a lot of document management, and they were working with OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, and they had all these forms that they needed to do, and there were thousands of these forms, and they were literally these different companies. Um, like one company had 1,200 locations, and they had multiple forms per location that they had to file sure. and they, what they were doing is they were going out and hiring like temporary workers because they have to do it i think it's annually they had were hiring two three four people for a couple three weeks to go process all this stuff manually and of course yeah. it was you know there's some errors and things that happen because of human human error and things so we were actually able to automate that over a course of i don't think it took more than maybe a week or two to automate pretty much automate debug and, and work the whole thing and uh, I think the first run they did, they processed somewhere around 3,000 forms, and they had six errors. Um, huh. and, and and you know, and then they'll they'll continue to refine that till there's some error handling in that. But but think about all the time that that. And that was just one customer. They, there were four or five of their customers they did. So this think of all the time that that's taking out, the human time that that's taking out of of having to manually do all this work, and what it's freeing up in terms of that time those managers and those those folks who are working with all these folks to to do other things that that they can really put their time and effort into that really once you once you can automate it it, it there's why why would humans be doing something that's a repetitive task over and over again right. if you can automate it so it, it allows the humans to apply their you know their intellectual capital towards doing something more valuable wow that's a really great story it has nothing to do with project management nope not really it's just a, it's just a a, a sort of complicated workflow um but it's you know but the individual pieces aren't that hard you know you open a pdf you you fill yeah. out some stuff you save the pdf you scan it or whatever and you send mm -hmm. it or you have spreadsheets that track all the different steps you have to do or whatever you put all that together and automate it and we did all this in power platform by the way so it's all in power yeah. automate using the that's the the workflow engine and um and you know they love it i mean it's been just rave reviews it's amazing. It's like real business impact, you know, on the time mm -hmm. that it takes and the cost of doing something like that. It's really cool that we've got these um, project um, skills, but we also have the Power Platform chops now to be able to do these things um, because of what we built in Power Platform with Teams for PM and having basically exposed the skill set to our team um, and the certifications that we're now getting on our team uh, to be able to build business process automation solutions for our customers. Um, that are non-project related. So it's uh, it's really opening up a whole new world of for Innovative E. Oh, yeah. I think it was about three and a half, four years ago that we were first exposed to Microsoft's vision, and they took project, and I got a little project decal here, a little promotion. They, the, the project for the web was actually built from the bottom up on the Power Platform. I think it was only the second um, workload that was natively built on on the Power Platform and, the, and they were calling it CDS, but the Dataverse type of thing. So we embraced that fully, and we 
committed to to build a product and in building a product you learn an awful lot about what you can and can't do and all yep. the ins and outs of it and everything else. So our team really got in, rolled up their sleeves and and learned how, how, how you make these things happen. So now, we're, like you said, now we're applying that that um, expertise and discipline and, and all the components around how you do it. We've been doing software development for a long time, which is probably a little known fact. We've, since I think about 2005 or 2006, we've had continuous software development efforts with, with customers, with multiple customers. So- right. Lots of customers we've had for 10 or more years where we've been doing, you know, application development. Now it's moving more towards the Power Platform. We still do some other full stack development in, in um, Microsoft and related technologies. But it's really moving in that place because it accelerates the development process. It's um, and, and so um, that's really that's really kind of where we're going. And um, we see a lot going that way. There's a huge buzz out there, everything from AI to automation. Um, I did another a separate video just talking about AI though, with all the buzz about um chat gpt and everything i just felt compelled to say a few things about it but um it's it's it is a subset of automation though and and um i think one thing i'd like to mention that i, I mentioned in that one as well is you're hearing an awful lot about some of the economic headwinds there's you know um sadly there's very long list of tech companies and folks who've been doing layoffs and things like that yeah but one one of the things that people always turn to and you've heard microsoft and satya nadella say this and other folks is um you, it, you have to do more with less and that's what automation does and so right. that example we had a minute ago in the customer corner it's great example of doing more with less right they didn't yeah. have to go hire more people um they were able to do this um which which is you know some people would say well you know maybe it's costing jobs yes and no i mean ultimately um efficiency helps everyone um, there was also an article that was published by, um, well, it was republished by Jared Spitaro, who's one of the executives at Microsoft, and um, they were talking about AI and automation and and the effect it's going to have uh, by 2025. They believe that it's going to um, eliminate 85 million jobs, which sounds horrible, but on the flip side, it's going to create 97 million new jobs. So it's actually a net new, and in the interim, as it's doing that, it's it's creating this opportunity for all these things like we just talked about. That was just one really small example. There'll be tens and thousands of these types of examples out there where customers are able to do this and it creates overall value to the system, which helps everyone, right? And it's actually kind of lofty, right? It helps it helps humanity to, to, to continue to push forward in efficiency and make that that cycle faster. So it's uh, it's actually pretty exciting times from that perspective that the platform is there now and and it's and it's able to do so many things and and take advantage of us us and you know hundreds and thousands of other partners out there helping customers do these kind of things especially automating like a regulatory activity like that like a, a certification yeah. or a form that you need to fill out that really doesn't have you know the human is not adding any value to the process right. um they're basically just do, you know completing steps um and in order to you know make sure that you know somebody's that the company is compliant in right. some way um exactly. that's that's really prime candidates for uh, automation yep yeah so the value created there is taking the human element out of it right and right so they can do other things that are less you know that the machines can't do. mundane yeah right exactly makes total sense to me all right mike i think we're ready to wrap up this episode of are you done yet yeah it's a it's been a lot of fun and uh look forward to the to the next one yep don't forget webinar february 22nd um, register now, uh, five keys to project management Nirvana. And don't forget to well, subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> subscribe. I got to remember to say that subscribe to the YouTube channel, everybody. That's right. Um, we need more subscribers. Well, so, one of the things, 
it, it, it does for us is it enables us to continue to promote the content more easily and people can right. consume it faster because it's in their, in their threads and everything else. So um, it really is a benefit if you're interested in what we have to say and <laughs> to subscribe to our channel. My kids already think I'm a YouTuber, so we're not going to disappoint anybody. Yeah, I don't know if we're quite at the influencer stage, but we're definitely, you know, we, we get we get a lot of a lot of views, so that's awesome. All right, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Mm -hmm.